we're not going to take it. Hi, I'm Philip Blumel. Welcome to No Uncertain Terms, the official podcast of the Tournaments Movement for the week of August 22nd, 2022. Your sanctuary from partisan politics. When citizens collected 46,000 signatures to put state tournaments on the North Dakota ballot for November, the most signatures ever collected for a ballot measure in that state, it was seen as a triumph of direct democracy. But that was before the politicians circled their wagons to shut the voters down. Now, the battle is headed to the North Dakota Supreme Court. Here to tell us about it is U.S. Tournaments Executive Director, Nick Tombalides. Hey, Nick. Hello. Welcome back. You know, back in March, we were talking about how uh, citizens in North Dakota collected something like 46,000 signatures to put an initiative on the ballot that would term limit their legislature and their governor. And, you know, with 46,000 signatures, they only need 31,000, so they got the margin they need because there's always some that are no good and what have you. And so we thought we had it. And then the Secretary of State of uh, North Dakota said that not enough of the petitions were valid, even though they had gotten a, a large margin extra to take care of that eventuality. So anyways, they shot it down, and this, of course, was seen as what it was, which is a political counterattack. Politicians don't want to be term limited. But now it's coming to a head. Why don't you give us the latest news, Nick? Sure. So, you know, it's important to clarify that uh, when the Secretary of State disqualified the signatures, when he threw out 29,000 signatures, there was no legitimate basis for doing that. The Secretary of State was, he was himself a 30-year incumbent. Um, Initially, he had asked the sponsor of the measure to come to the Capitol for a meeting. He said, don't bring your lawyer. It's a big red flag, big red flag told him it would be a routine meeting, turned out to be anything but routine because he brought in the attorney general and together these two powerful politicians, these two powerful state officials, they basically tag-teamed the sponsoring committee. They threatened, intimidated, browbeat them and told them, you know, we're going to come after you unless you withdraw this petition. That's before any findings had taken place. So they knew what they wanted to do from the very get-go. They wanted to kill this term limits petition to protect their friends in the legislature. But when the secretary was actually forced to provide his reasoning as to why he disqualified uh, all the signatures, it, it was specious. I mean, he would he threw out 4,000 signatures because people would list a street name without a direction. So you'd, pu- you'd put 326 Pine Street instead of 326 East Pine Street. Or maybe you wrote 326 Pine and you didn't write street, or you used a dorm as an address. And so even after they verified all these people as registered voters, he still threw out their signatures with all this hocus-pocus bullcrap. He disqualified— That is—that is outrageous. He disqualified like 20,000 signatures that came from one notary just because he didn't like a few of the signatures that notary had notarized. (laughs) That's really outrageous. I mean, as someone who has spent a lot of time on the streets petitioning for tournaments in multiple states, I got to tell you that there is— patterns that show up when you're doing this these type of campaigns and there's always going to be some petitions you collect that are no good right somebody they might think they're registered to vote but they're not anymore or they're the wrong um the wrong county in some kind of in some races or whatnot or use the wrong zip code or stuff like that and and many courts in several states including i think north dakota have already said that if the if it's a valid voter and their intent was to fill out this petition 
that it's valid, even if they make us a little, a puny little error, because this is not an application for a mortgage or for life insurance or something where every detail has to be correct. It, it's basically something saying that, hey, I'm a voter here. Here's some information to show I'm a voter here. I'm for putting this on the ballot. And as long as that is shown on the petition, it should count. And it does everywhere else, I guess, except for North Dakota. That's exactly right. Uh, you know, he found issues with 6,000 signatures that may have been legitimate. So he threw out all of them. Um, it's like saying if you had a local election, if you find 6,000 bad ballots, will you then disqualify all of the ballots and say nobody's votes will count? It's really a wild kind of unhinged theory. And, uh, you know, North Dakota has some legislators who've been in office since the Milli Vanilli days. So th- this was a sensible undertaking for the term limits committee. North Dakota needs term Millie limits. Milli Vanilli? Yeah. Milli Vanilli, really? 19, <laughs> what? 1980? 9? 1990? I guess so, yeah. Back in that day. Yeah. They've got legislators who are still in office. They've been in longer than I've been alive. And term limits are, are needed desperately. Um, but the political class is trying to protect its own. They disqualified these signatures. But... The good news is the committee is fighting back. A lawsuit has been filed. North Dakota Term Limits, the sponsor committee for the initiative, they have sued the Secretary of State. They're asking for a writ of mandamus, which is where you ask the court to order a specific action. not asking for damages. You're asking for the court to force the Secretary of State to put this valid and legitimate term limits initiative on the ballot, this initiative that's 100% valid, and that is going to go straight to the state Supreme Court of North Dakota for a review. The oral argument will be Friday, September 2nd. This is a public service announcement. At a town hall meeting with voters earlier this month, U.S. Representative Byron Donalds of Florida, the U.S. Tournament's congressional pledge signer, answered a question from a voter about term limits. So a couple things. One, I think the one part is that you have a lot of members that have been there too long. I'm just going to be blunt. They've been, they've been in Congress too long. They're accustomed. There's really only one way to get congressional term limits. I can't say it because there's cameras in the room. So I'm like, I, I got to save some stuff. You know, some stuff you got to like spring on people. But anyway, um, the truth is you have a lot of members that have just been there too long. They were accustomed to the inertia. They're the, they're the frog that got boiled in the pot, essentially. And so they're accustomed to the inertia. This is just what it is. And as far as they're concerned, they're focused on the one thing they get to accomplish that year, and that takes precedent over everything else. Um, the second part is that the staff largely runs the members. I mean, not my staff, my staff will tell you. Like, he kind of, he does what he wants. And they give me recommendations. They're all nodding their head like, yeah, we do. They give me recommendations, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's cool. No, I'm not doing that. Here's what we're doing. But for a lot of members, their staff literally tell them what to do. They read the scripts to a T of what their staff wrote. Um, this last bill that passed out of the Senate, there wasn't members of the Senate writing that stuff. The members of the Senate were not sitting there going over the finer points of tax policy and climate proposals. That stuff came from think tanks and congressional staffers. That's where that came from. And it all, it all got cobbled together. Here's the deal, sir. Okay, I can live with that, but can I get this one thing? Yeah, we can figure that out, sir. All right, cool, here's the deal. It's gonna be great for America. Wow. That's, those are the two problems we have right now in Washington. How that gets fixed is term limits. And if they put it on the ballot, 
naturally it'll win. That's why they're trying to fight this before it ever gets to the ballot, because there's quite certain, like everywhere else, that it would be successful. I mean, that's a good initiative that the people are putting on the ballot. It's eight-year tournaments on the state legislature, eight in the House, eight in the Senate, and then also eight for the governor. So it would make North Dakota the 36th state to put tournaments on their governor and the 16th to put uh, tournaments on their state legislature. So it's a solid proposal, and they have the signatures put on the ballot, and they'll have the votes to uh, to pass it. It's just getting through this hurdle. And, and it's hardly a coincidence that these same uh, regulations, which they're trying to enforce on the petitions, are regulations that were enacted by the legislature to make it impossible to petition, to make it impossible for citizens to get things on the ballot like term limits because the politicians want a monopoly over the lawmaking process. They don't like it when pesky people like you and me butt in with ideas like term limits. But frankly, uh, citizen action is the only way this is ever going to get done because legislators don't term limit themselves. Right. And they're really going after the petitioners. They're trying to make it sound like these petitioners are crooks. Again, having done this, I know full well that I've, I have collected signatures from people. I didn't know it when they signed it, but I, uh, I know that there's no question that, that uh, people have signed petitions for me where they have an error or actually are in the wrong district or whatever. And to have somebody invalidate every single one I collected because somebody handed me one that was not valid, to me is so outrageous. When the Secretary of State receives these signatures, what you hope will happen is he will reach a decision based on the facts. But in this case, it looks like he made the decision first. He said, there's no way you term limit people are ever going to get on the ballot. And now he's trying to find the facts to justify that decision. And of course, they don't exist. But what we're seeing now is the Department of, of Law Enforcement in North Dakota is using uh, the attorney general, using Gestapo tactics against some of the term limits folks. One of the petitioners who helped gather signatures in this, a guy named Charles Tuttle, he just had his house raided by the North Dakota BLI. That's their version of the FBI. This was a raid ordered by the state attorney general, Drew Wrigley, to try to find dirt about the signature gathering process for term limits. So what we're seeing is intimidation tactics, Gestapo tactics, ruling class politicians circling the wagons here to protect their power. I mean, I didn't realize that was something that happened in democracy. And I'm I'm starting to wonder, is this North Dakota or is this North Korea? Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, best wishes to the people of North Dakota. Keep up the fight. I know they have a, a large committee there, the North Dakota Tournaments Committee, uh, I think it's a 40-member board or something. It's it, Actually, there's several former legislators in that on it. I mean, it's some, some a lot of the movers and shakers in North Dakota are, are behind this effort, as well as the uh, rank-and-file citizenry. So it's uh, they have some heft behind them, and I wish them the best. Yeah, absolutely. But, Phil, just think back to the days when you were a, a petitioner for term limits campaigns in so many different states. How likely would you have been to jump at that opportunity if you knew that you could face uh, retribution from the politicians, from the state. You know, you're just there trying to make a living, trying to help out a good cause, and you have these powerful politicians ordering a raid of your property to try to dig up dirt on you. Or to th- or just to throw out my efforts. Right. I mean, would I travel across the country to do that? You're right. It puts a chilling effect on the whole process. So it's a very anti-democratic move that has a chilling effect well outside of the issue of term limits. Absolutely. 
And l let's hope this issue gets cleared up very quickly and uh, the Supreme Court makes the right decision because that will encourage other people to, um, you know, to be fearless in pursuing reforms like this. But if it goes the other way, uh, you know, the consequences will be long lasting. Mm hmm. We'll follow up on this and um, we'll let you know how it goes on a future episode of No Uncertain Terms. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No Uncertain Terms. The Turn Limits Convention bills are moving through the state legislatures. This could be a breakthrough year for the Turn Limits movement. To check on the status of the Turn Limits Convention resolution in your state, go to turnlimits.com slash takeaction. There, you will see if it has been introduced and where it stands in the committee process on its way to the floor vote. If there's action to take, you'll see a Take Action button by your state. Click it. This will give you the opportunity to send a message to the most relevant legislators, urging them to support the legislation. They have to know you're watching. That's turnlimits.com slash take action. If your state has already passed the Turn Limits Convention resolution, or the bill's not been introduced in your state, you can still help. Please consider making a contribution to U.S. term limits. It is our aim to hit the reset button on the U.S. Congress, and you can help. Go to termlimits.com slash donate termlimits.com slash donate. Thanks. We'll be back next week. The revolution isn't being televised. Fortunately, you have the No Uncertain Terms podcast. STL. Yeah.